Hola. ¿Cómo estás? Muy bien, gracias. A little Spanish lesson for you. Oh my goodness. Hello, hello, and welcome to Part Me Alex, SFA's only lumberjack basketball podcast with your girls, Alex and Alex. Man, it feels like it's been a while since we chatted lumberjack basketball. I know. It's like a whole week without a game. I know. Strange. It's absolutely nuts. And then, of course, you know, after the game on Saturday, uh, you know, we have to at least wait a few days to do our our podcast because yesterday was the Super Bowl. And so, uh, you know, that day's out. <laughs> so uh, there's too much going on and nobody wants to sit and listen to us when, you know, the Super Bowl is on. So, uh, yeah, it's just been a wild, uh, a wild week in sports, a wild week in whack sports specifically. Um, so yeah, why don't we just uh, why don't we just get started? Let's just let's just go. So yeah, we have we have some big whack headlines. Big whack headlines. So we're just going to start off and kind of dive right into the couple that have really stood out this week. Yeah. I know. So the first one is um, a little surprising just because it's, you know, towards the end of the season, but it's not even really, I don't know, like it's, it's not close to when normally coaches would get the boot. Right. Um, But UTA, University of Texas at Arlington decided to part ways with their head football or head basketball coach, my bad, uh, coach Greg Young. And they did that kind of quickly. Um, yeah, and- I, I feel like it's a little odd just because this is their first year in the whack. I feel like give the dude a season, I mean, before. Uh, and it's not like they were doing terribly. They certainly weren't the bottom. Um and then they, they let him go after a win. So I don't. It was just weird timing. They're like, is there something else we're missing? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, you let him go after a win. And it wasn't like they hadn't won a single game in the whack like they had. Um, and, I, and I guess the other thing, too, is just the fact that he had been around in that men's basketball program for a while. Like he was an assistant coach, he was an associate coach, and then he was a head coach. He's been around for 14 years in the UTA program. So I, I don't I don't know if that's just like, hey, we're ready for something new. It's been 14 years of you having your finger on this program. Time for a new change. But why do it with, you know, a handful of games left in the season? You know, yeah. why just finish it out? That's what I'm saying. If that, if that was it, I feel like they would have waited till the season was over. Completely. It's not like they're going to be able to replace him in the last few games. They're going to have to wait before the next season anyway. So it makes me wonder if there's something else we don't know. Yeah. And so that was, I guess, the lesser exciting of the two major whack news stories. Um, so after Coach Young got the axe, so to speak, um, uh, Coach Johnson, who is the interim head coach, will be taking over. Um, for the last of the six games of the regular season. And then, of course, uh, any postseason that they do in Vegas. 
Um, so yeah, it's just a weird situation for UTA and I hope that they'll, you know, kind of get their lives together and, and figure it out before, um, before uh, next season and which I'm sure they will. It, it was just a weird, a weird announcement changing of leadership, you know, on, on a Friday after a win before WAC Vegas even started. So, yeah, so that's, that's the first one. Um, and then the second one, you must be, you might be living under a rock if you haven't heard about the news coming out of New Mexico state. Um, I don't even know the new news, not even the old news. Yeah, I, I know. Like all season we've kind of been alluding to like this, you know, crazy stuff going on in New Mexico and, you know, how one of their players was involved in a shooting and then the coaches were involved in covering it up and all, all this random crazy stuff. And we thought that was the end of it. Um, and that was bad enough. And then now is, is, I don't even, like, honestly, it's, it's very sad. Like it's very sad. I, I do really feel bad for the players who were, you know, victims of what it was going on during this time period. Um, so basically what's coming out now is that there were serious, serious allegations of hazing um, of a team member member over like a long-term period. I think like seven months or so it was when I read the news article. I mean, multiple criminal charges, criminal offenses, I think of at least three players. They haven't obviously named those three players, but things ranging from harassment, criminal sexual conduct, conduct and false imprisonment like what is happening yeah i don't know and here's my two cents and i agreed with uh that video of um jeff goodman kind of breaking it down that t-bone sent us Mm -hmm. i mean the hazing is terrible it's terrible um feel awful for that player and shouldn't have been happening Totally agree with them putting everyone on leave and not continuing the season. However, we didn't go this course of action with the earlier scenario that might I say they're both terrible, but probably has bigger implications. Um, Yeah, Jeff Goodman was like, this should have been done after the first situation. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, from this situation, I just don't understand why it wasn't done then and it's done now. Right. Like you should have put a stop to the program then when all of these news reports coming out that your coaches and player were involved in a shooting and a death. Like what are we doing? Didn't cooperate with authorities. I mean, if I was the athletic director, as soon as that came across my desk or I got that phone call, I'd have been like, all right, stop. We're done. Like, we can't move forward until we have this situation rectified and or at least like we have all the information and we can move forward with maybe, you know, getting rid of the coaches who were involved or just cleaning house and and installing an interim until, you know, the season's over, whatever, whatever it's going to be. I just mind-boggling yeah mind-boggling is a really good term mind-boggling um 
Yeah, both both situations are just outrageous. Never even thought on a wildest star dream that that would be the new story coming out of Las Cruces. I thought when we saw breaking news from them, it would be more stuff on the shooting. But all of a sudden, now it's it's hazing to like the worst degree. And I'm just like, I thought as a society, we all agreed that this was just not good. Like, why all of a sudden now are we just like, okay, let's start hazing our teammates again. I just, what? It's just wild. So, yeah. Um, crazy news coming out of the whack this week. One, well, just both. Both are wild in their own ways. I, I No words, honestly, you know. I'd rather go through another year of NCAA sanctions for bad grades than deal with that stuff. Totally. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't have any lifelong implications or consequences. That's just a slap on the wrist because we lied about grades. And we have. We lied that we just didn't do it correctly. You know? Yeah. 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 Like there's no, there's no, for the students. It's a a victimless. uh, discretion yeah exactly like there's no consequences past college for these students athletes that it occurred to because you know what i mean like there's nothing that that doesn't follow them with them this follows follows these students and these coaches forever like yeah and insane just absolutely like i said mind-boggling um okay so that's what's going on in the WAC currently. <laughs> um, the rest of us unproblematic queens and kings, mm-hmm. just keep on doing what you're doing. Um, and uh, yeah, let's dive into the game. Because we had a road game this past weekend. We had three road games in a row, two of which didn't turn out very well in our favor. But the last road game to UTRGV thumbs up yeah turn it around around. exactly so um going into this game our record against utrgb was four wins and two losses um we have not lost to them since we joined the WAC. the two losses we have against them were in 1986 and in 2006 Mm-hmm. Our before this game, our largest margin of victory was 93-63, so 30-point win. That was on the road last year, 2022, and our smallest margin of victory um, was 86-75, which was also last season, but at home. So it was just weird that our, our largest margin of victory against them was on the road and our smallest was at home. But Yeah. I feel like sometimes – we are hardcore road warriors. Obviously the last two games prior to this didn't really show that well, GCU more than New Mexico state, obviously. Um, but that's whole other reasons. But um, yeah, sometimes we play better on the road. It's just wild, you know, and sometimes we play better too. When the, like the GCU game, we played awesome. Like, it, I mean, there was just the difference between threes and that was it. Um, and sometimes I think we just perform better under pressure like that. And so this game kind of showed that for sure. Um, A few programming notes. 
Um, who who didn't travel? Was it uh, Jalen? Yeah, yeah Jalen was not there. And from what Rob said, and I didn't remember it being that big of a deal during the GCU game, so I must have just missed it. But apparently he took a, a hard foul in that game, and he's on concussion protocol. So that's why he wasn't there. I guess he did. I, I guess I don't remember the foul, but well, no, maybe he took. I think he was. I think he took a charge towards the end of the game. Maybe that might have been it. I'd have to go back and and watch, but I'm not going to do that. Yes, I'm not. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, to update everyone on the basketball standings and of course the resume, the resume seating. Um, Utah Valley still kicking butt up at the top of the standings with 11 and two. Um, you know, they're, they're, I'm not going to say untouchable, but they're damn near, um, Seattle U at nine and four along with Southern Utah. And then, um, uh, Sam Houston and us both at eight and four. And then you have Grand Canyon at seven and six, seven and five, Tarleton at seven and six, California Baptist and Abilene Christian at five and seven, UTA four and eight. Like, again, they weren't, hor- they weren't doing amazing, but they weren't doing horrible, um, UTRGV at three and ten, along with Utah Tech, and then of course New Mexico State at two and ten. But obviously they will not be. And and I guess we forgot to mention that they've suspended all of their um, games for the rest of the season, so they're not playing any more games. New Mexico State, like they're done for the season. So absolutely, the, the WAC hasn't really been super specific on what that means for the teams that had yet to play them or the games that were left on the schedule and. And what that means for resume seating, and then you know, does that affect any of the other games that they've previously played in this in the conference? Who knows? I, we're still waiting to hear all of that. So, um, yeah, unless something has happened in the last hour on Twitter, and I've just missed it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. And also, bear in mind this was going to be their last year in the WAC, anyhow. So we will not be seeing them again. Yeah, that's very true. Good point. This this was it. Done. Um, so yeah, that's where this that's where the seating, not the seating, I'm sorry, the uh standings are. And of course the resume seating is just a little bit different from what the uh the standings are. So you got Utah Valley in first, Sam Houston in second, Seattle in third, Southern Utah at fourth, Grand Canyon at fifth, and then us at sixth. And like I said, I've said this pretty much every game, every episode this season. On the conference side, I mean, the top six, there's not going to be a lot of movement there. It's just, it's pretty, unless anything crazy or drastic happens between now and the end of the season. I mean, we would need multiple teams to just absolutely shit the bed and not win a single game the rest of the season for us to move up. Um, Which again, could happen. It could happen. Not saying it won't, but it could. But um, chances are slim, let's just say. (laughs) Oh man, but yeah, so we're we're doing we're doing okay at six. We're at the middle of the pack. Um, if we go into the WAC tournament at the sixth seed, we won't get any buys. We'll be um, playing on Tuesday nights, um, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, hell, ACU played what every single night, and then they got to the you know championship game. So yeah. not saying, yeah. So anything can happen here, people. Um, but yeah, that's where we're that's where we're at in the WAC. Okay. So general game notes for Saturday. Our starters were Rati, Trell, Nana, Dede, and AJ. We did mm-hmm. win by 10 points, 82 to 72. 
Um, their attendance was 2,788. I do want to point out that their announcer said that it was a sellout crowd. And I was like, mm. Mm. okay. Um, whatever. Uh, so Sean Kennedy stat section, our field goal percentage was 49.2%. Our three point percentage was 40% free throws. We were at 84.2. Um, that was higher than all of their stats, um, on shooting percentages, our points in the paint. We were 42, which was more than them at 34. Uh, our points off turnovers. We also really outscored them 30 to 13. Um, our second chance points, we had 17. Our fast break points, we had 20. Bench points, we had 29. Um, we did out-rebound them by seven. Our total rebounds were 40. We had 15 offensive and 25 defensive. Um, we did have more fouls than them, uh, 31 to 21, of course. I do want to say it was funny because their announcers literally said they were, they didn't even, it didn't even register them to them how dumb this sounded saying that they were like, yeah, the Jacks are, you know, uh, doing better in, in, pre, in pretty much every stat line, except for, except for the fouls. And I'm thinking, hmm, the one stat that we don't control, that figures. Shocker. That wasn't the only dumb thing that they said that night, but that was. Oh, we got a whole list. Um, oh, okay. yes. I'm sure yeah. we probably have similar notes there. Uh, so we had 17 turnovers. They only had 16. So not the best. Um, we had 10 steals. We had three blocks. And then our game leaders, we had Rati with 19 points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals. We had Trell with 16 points, two rebounds, three assists, one steal. Um, we had Jalil with one on every stat line, 10.8, almost a double-double, 10.8, two assists, one block, one steal. Uh, and then we had Nana with 10 points, two rebounds, one assist. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my player of the game, I, I said I got to give it to Rati. Um, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, if Rati – Rati was, was – awesome like lights out he, he, he had night you know like you said 19 points all all of his stats but I don't know like I'm I'm, I'm very close to just giving it to Jaleel for that game because that was probably his best game yet yeah close oh definitely close second for him because that was absolutely the best game he's had 100 percent. I was so impressed with him it's on so Saturday night and it's only been a few games this season that we've had a player hit all five stat lines. Oh, yeah. I mean, and to be honest with you, this might be the game that he probably had the most minutes. He only played 17 minutes. Um, and, you know, he's still coming off of a, of a major injury. So that was so impressive. Um, so remember when I said maybe something happened within the last few hours and I just missed it with the whole New Mexico State thing? I guess I did. So apparently this is from Kyle. So I'm just reading Kyle's tweet verbatim. So he said here, this was at 510. So a few hours ago, uh, here's the deal. Every team that was supposed to play New Mexico state in the final six games will get the standard home value for beating the Aggies as those six games will be considered a forfeit. So in reality, ACU will get 0.32 points times two, 
because they were supposed to play New Mexico State twice within the last six games. Uh, UTRGV will get .32, GCU will get .32, CBU will get .32, Tarleton will get .32 as well. And he said this can change depending on New Mexico State's net changing too. So that's, I guess, what they're going to do for the teams that have yet to play New Mexico State. Um, so, and I, and I get the reasoning just taking care of the teams that were supposed to play them, because I guess if you go back and take away all the wins and losses from the, that messes up a lot of stuff. I don't know how much, but I, I just don't know. Cause if you take away all the like losses, but then you also take away or take away all the wins, it's only a couple, but you take away all the losses too. I don't know how that would affect everybody's standings and, and resume seating. Uh, yeah. I'm not quite sure there. I don't either. And again, this is why I think that we should just go by conference record for the conference tournament. Like we're making it way too difficult. And in reality, if you play little cupcake teams all of preseason, then you're only injuring yourself because you're not going to be prepared when you get to conference. So I don't, I don't, uh, I think we should just go off the conference record. doesn't make any sense. I mean, and I agree. I agree with that statement. Like in hind, like in logic, I get what the commissioner is doing. I he don't. Wants- it it makes sense when you're trying to seed the whole field of sixty four because they're all coming from different conferences that play right. different, have different levels. But right, we're only we're only trying to rank our conference, so it should only matter how we play people in our conference. Like it just it's that simple. I don't know. It is hard. Yeah, I mean, I get what he's saying, but I'm just like, we're making more, it too difficult for ourselves. The more I think about it, the more agitated I get because it just doesn't make sense. I know, I know. And, and of course, a lot of people are, are, you know, kind of weighing in on the decision to just do the games that are previously, you know, or haven't been played yet. Um, a lot of people, I'm not going to say it's mainly just SFA fans, but I think they're, I, feel, I feel like they're the, the brunt of this conversation. Um so I don't know. Um, a lot of people are saying just no game played, no points awarded, no points deducted. Appears to be pretty simple to me. Wins, losses, records are irrelevant, so feel free to call it a W, but no seeding points should be awarded. For games already played, those plus minus points should stay. Those games were played. I, yeah, I, It's a hard – I feel like no matter what the WAC does to handle this situation, someone's going to be mad. Oh, for sure. So – I, they're, they're going to lose either way, regardless of what their final choice or decision is when it comes to how they're going to handle the rest of those games. Someone out there is going to be freaking pissed. So, no, yeah, you're you're not wrong at all. But I do think they would be since people are going to complain no matter what. I feel like it would just make it easier on themselves to just leave the points from the games played as is and don't award any points for the games that haven't been played because. Mm-hmm. They haven't been played, and then that's just more work on you, and people are going to complain no matter what. So that's just my two cents. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I. What a mess. What a mess. I know. It, it is a big mess, and I'm just going back and reading other streams, too, where people are talking – like there's a guy here from ACU talking about what they could do as options that kind of don't affect 
everyone else and that, you know, could still make sense. Um, it, there's, there's so many different ways to look at this. We're not going to have the solution here on the Part Me Alex podcast. If we did, we wouldn't be sitting here. We'd be with, we'd be making the big bucks, but we don't. I got the solution. No one's just asking me. Like we should have just never done that in the first place. I'm in Mexico games. <laughs> also, okay, yeah. I'm surprised that this is New Mexico's parting gift to the WAC to just make things more confusing. No, thanks a lot. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's just a, it's a clusterfuck. Like, I'm just going to say it. it's a clusterfuck and there's no other way to describe it. And I, like I said, no one's going to be happy. No one's going to be happy. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Hi, Rick. And then Jan, I saw the rat tail. <laughs> Everyone was talking about the rat tail. Everyone was talking about the rat. Yes, everyone was. And I was like, finally, some like the people that didn't watch the game at home or weren't there for the home game now now can see the rat tail. Um, well, it was, it was more obvious this game because I, I can't remember, was how, pulled up. remember how he was here last time, but I think he had some of it down. But this time he, he had it all up. Bun, so you he had it all up. So it was boom in your face, baby. Um I made the joke that, man, we went down to the valley, but shit, they didn't rally. Because <laughs> that's like they're saying is rally in the valley, which is cute. I like it. No hate on UTRGV at all. I think they're a great, good institution, 100%. It was their homecoming weekend. Maybe don't schedule SFA for your homecoming weekend. Just the thought for the future. You know, schedule SFA when you schedule them, but just don't hold homecoming on the weekend that we come to town. Just a thought. Because um, I will say, I mean, not going to say that that stadium is humongous by any shape or form. Um, what was their attendance? 27. I believe that's probably their max attendance, to be honest with you, because when I when the game first came on, I was like, man, it's pretty packed in there. But then when they said it was homecoming, I was like, oh, okay. So they must not have football, I guess. They don't have football yet. They're getting football. Okay. I don't think they're supposed to have football until like next year or the year after or something like that. Um, yeah, but basketball has been their main major sport, I think, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, and like I said, their little basketball stadium, Coliseum area isn't super big. So it wasn't like, you know, our stadium where you can sit 7,000 people in it. And if you have 2,000, it looks empty as shit. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they're from the, from the cameras, I was like, man, that looks like a, it was small. It was small. And when it was, it, it, the game started, it was pretty packed. And I was like, well, good for them. Um, and then as soon as halftime kicked off, that place was fucking empty. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was larger than Incarnate Word, but marginally. Yeah, marginally, marginally. Um, okay, so let's scroll and dive right into the strengths of this game. There were a lot. I feel like this game was just what we needed to kind of tie up a crappy first half of the of the um, of the road games. Those three road games. Um, we started off strong. And ended strong. The second half was a little wonky, but we held in there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, right off the gate, Rati coming in, hitting a three. That, I know. Like, honestly, when we start off the game with a major bucket like that, I it just it makes me feel and have good vibes for the rest of the game because I feel like we're just already on top of it and we know we have a game plan and we're sticking to it kind of a thing. Um, yeah, right out of the gate with that three gave me good vibes. Um, who do you want to talk about first? Rati, Jaleel? Well, I was going to say, so to finish up on Rati, he, he had some, I mean, obviously he was at point, but he had some really nice pull-up jumpers several, several times. I agree. Um, but then very shortly after he made that three to open us up, Jalil had a really nice little backdoor dunk, and that that gave me a feeling that he, he was going to play well, you know? Yeah, he just – he looks like a completely different player. You know, like I'm not saying he's been playing badly but because he really hasn't been getting a lot of minutes to, like, really yeah. get into a groove. Um, but this game just felt different from him, and I'm really hoping he can bring that passion and that, and that fire and that – those skills to Wednesday's game. So we could see it in person. Um, I was just, again, I mentioned this earlier. I was just extremely impressed with his court presence watching that game. I really, really hope he can continue doing that on the rest of the season and into the postseason. Um, yeah. Uh, great, great, great game from, from Jaleel. He had nice defense. Um, again, he was there for a few slams. He had that, yeah, I think he had like at least one alley oop maybe in there, if I can recall. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. Um, and that was in the first half. Second half, um, he had a nice rebound and then drawing a foul for a putback. That was great. Let's see, what else, Jaleel? Yeah, yeah. Second half, he had that slam alley oop in the second half. I made sure I no noted that. Um and that was great. We don't normally have like alley oops and backdoor cuts. So then when we do have them, it's like, <gasps> I know. Who are we? Who is this? Yeah. Yeah. We had a couple of nice backdoor cuts, which always makes me really happy because I feel like usually we're the one giving those up. Yeah. Which we are. <laughs> we give those up too much. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, we've talked about this like a billion times. But yeah. it's, you know, it's, we get it. It's, that's the risk that we run of overplaying on defense. Um, and it usually pays off. It just, when it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It, it, and hey, here we are. Um, okay. Yeah. Rati with that three, amazing. The couple layups that you mentioned as well. I mean, he didn't have 19 points for nothing. Like he was out there dog fighting the whole time. Um, playing well, playing some good defense. Um, Really, really proud of Rati for showing up and and kicking some butt that game. Um, but I obviously would be remiss if I don't talk about our boy Trell. Sixteen points, baby. He had three three threes as well, along with Rati. Um, he was one hundred percent on his free throws. He had those two rebounds. Um, he did foul out, but there was just a lot of fouls in this game. A lot of fouls in this game, which I'm sure we'll discuss in the grievances. Yeah, um, I feel like the last foul they called on him was kind of a BS. Uh, call oh, honestly. 100%. I wrote that down, too. I, I was I was not pleased with that. Um, it just felt like a very garbage foul at the end of the game, and I was just not yeah, not feeling but, it. And at least two or three of his threes were, like, way out. Way Parking out. Parking lot. Way, way, way out. Yeah. They were – far 
Um, oh yeah, I love the silencer teething. Yeah, I'm glad you got that, Rick. Yeah, you're gonna have to post a picture in it. Yes, hundred um, percent. I think it, I think Trell had two threes back to back, like two nice ones back to back, like in a sequence. There, um, I literally wrote on my notes, Trell for three. Ooh wee. <laughs> <laughs> Because when I'm watching at home, when we have an away game and I'm able to watch it, at, you know, at the same time it's on, I'm using my my little uh, Bluetooth keyboard and I have my phone in my keyboard. Oh, yeah. and I'm like typing away as I'm watching, going back and forth between Twitter and my notes and typing. And so whenever things are going on and things are going really fast, I'm literally typing and I just like, I can't hit the space bar quick enough. And so it's just, there's some of my notes on here that are like all like jumbled together. Like literally right here, it's, it all says like all one word, don't mess with trail. <laughs> <laughs> no that was, space. That was a really good investment for you, that little keyboard. I know. I'm so glad I, I asked that for Christmas. That was my, one of my Christmas presents because it's just, it's been coming in handy. I love it. Um, but yeah, trail with threes. Love it, love it, love it. Um, absolute parking lot threes, a couple of those. Um, I'm going to drag on Robbie a little bit. because I was literally just about to say Robbie's name. Okay. This is so, again, we're here. So he scored four points. I mean, not, not a, a massive amount, but he had a really good defensive game. Um, mm -hmm. he took a really nice charge. Uh, he had a steal where he like ran and threw his body on the floor in front of the defender. Mm -hmm. uh, got the, Got the steal, passed it off. Um, yeah, he played great. He didn't have a breakaway dunk too at one point. I can't. He had a breakaway yeah. layup or a dunk because then he because because I was afraid he was gonna he was gonna hold on to that rim for too long and he didn't. He immediately jumped down and I was like, thank God because I don't want us to get called for that again. And so proud of him for not hanging on the rim. Um, I mean, he usually doesn't. Uh, and then. No. My other proud of Robbie moment will also be a grievance because the rest of the sequence was a huge grievance. But huge um, grievance. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Got mauled after after the whistle was already blown. Mm -hmm. Just got right up and didn't react at all. And of of like the the severity of that situation comparatively to the other times that he's reacted, like. I thought this would have been the one that just like him off. loop. Um, and he got up, didn't react at all, didn't say anything, didn't push, didn't do anything. I was shocked. I was too. <laughs> shocked. I know. I felt like if anything, that was gonna be the game where he gets like a double tech to immediately and he's out. You know what I mean? Because of that sequence that you're talking about right there. Um, but yeah, love Robbie when he's on the court. He, like we've said this before, he's all over the place. He's playing offense, defense. He's trying to get rebounds. He's, you know, his, he puts his body on the line probably when he shouldn't be. Cause he, again, he's still also recovering from major injuries. And so, um, but he, his, you cannot match his passion and fire. He, he yeah. is just an absolute nutball, and we love him for it. Um, man, oh man. I have to also give a, Quick little shout out to our boy, uh, Nana. Nana. Really nice shots this game. Really, 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 really. He was 
four for four with his free throws. He <laughs> we have three from the field. He was perfect. I know. I was so pleased. So pleased. He could have more rebounds, yes, but wasn't but, his best rebounding game. No, it was not his best rebounding game at it all. But yeah, but the board on any shots taken. So there were some shots he took that I was so excited when I saw because I saw glimpses of what Nana can be um, at his full potential. And I was, I literally wrote down Nana being aggressive at the rim and love it. Like when he gets in there and he's aggressive with it, he's going to get fouled. Like they're going to foul him hundred percent. He just needs to, he just needs to go up with it and take the shot. I agree. You know, and, and this is the same grievance. Well, we're not even grievances yet, but this is the same thing we've talked about all year, all season, last season things with, with our, with our bigs. You just, you know, there are times when you need to be aggressive and those are it, man. And uh, yeah. So Jaleel had that slam alley and then like right maybe a play or two after Derek had a had a nice little alley as well. So love getting Derek some some minutes in there and getting some some good 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 looks for him. And Derek also had a really great steal right under the basket. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um let's see here. What else? So I Almost threw a party when they finally gave Justin Johnson a tech for a flop. flop. He had been doing it all game. He's he did it all last game too. Um whole entire game. Well, I will grieve about that for 47 minutes, but um I was so happy when they finally gave him a tech. Oh my god. Yeah. It I mean ugh. There were a there were a number of missed calls throughout that game um, on him and a few other of the players too. But um, I know I, I just I felt like it was way past due when he finally got that flop call. Yeah, um, didn't until the very last media timeout. I'm like, so we have four minutes left, and now you just mm-hmm. called it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Also, day day. Our boy Day Day. He had eight points, uh, one block. He had uh, seven rebounds, seven rebounds. Him and Jaleel had the most rebounds of the night. Jaleel had eight, and uh, Day Day, not DD, Day Day had seven, um, and Rati had five. So that's, I I, I mean, I I love those stats. I'm 40 rebounds, nutballs, love that. and we, I mean, decent number were offensive too. We haven't had that many offensive rebounds in a few games. So love seeing that number come up as well. Um, but yeah, great rebounds from, from day day. He, he was playing like day day. He, he had some really great looks, some good, some good rebounds, some good putbacks. Um, when day day's on, he's on. Love to see it. Okay. Anything uh, else? Yeah, my last one is actually a feat of strength as a thank you to UTRGV. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not starting to foul at the end when you were nowhere within reach of winning. Because y'all know how I hate that, and I just knew they were going to do it, and they didn't. 
Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Thank you. Because the game already took like 30 minutes longer than it should have because of how many times that they had Johnson shot free throws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the first half when they stopped for like 10, 15 minutes because they had to figure out the whole personal foul thing. Don't get me started. Well, we're about to get started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on. With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. You. All right, Jax. Fire away. So let, let's talk about the the three tech situation first. Yeah, that that was that's what took the longest. I felt like the the game had lasted like an hour, um, with and there wasn't even there was five minutes gone in the first court in the first half. Um, well, my my first starting note number ten on their team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, y'all know I'm not talking about Artrell. Um, he has a punchable face. He wanted to fight, bro. He wanted and to fight. He, do, he didn't, though. He don't want the smoke. He did not want the smoke that was going to be coming his way. However, I have, I have grievances on him and their commentators for this whole, like, shenanigan. Yeah. First off, he tried to – there was a sequence of, of things that he did to Robbie, and this is why I'm so proud. So proud that Robbie didn't react. First, he tried to grab Robbie. Mm-hmm. Then he falls on him. Okay, that's playing basketball. That happens. He tries to put his arm back and lay on Robbie's throat like this. Then when the sequence was over, he threw the ball at Robbie's back. Then he's going to sit there and whine to the referee like he's the one who got hurt. And I'm like, you literally instigated all this. This was all you, brother. Um, And then their commentators are sitting there saying, Oh, nothing looked intentional. And he was just going, you know, this was just a basketball play. And I'm like, he literally did like three things in a row that were completely 100% intentional. I mean, they literally made it sound like it was all Robbie's fault. Yeah. And they said that Robbie provoked him. And I'm like, yes. At what point was there a provocation on Robbie's part? Like, listen, Robbie is capable of provoking. We have seen it. Love you, Robbie, but you you can provoke. He did not one breath of provoking. Exactly. In sequence. Like and, not then, and then you have number 10, Dima, who's literally just like staring Robbie down, saying yeah, something. Is, uh, Zador. Yeah, Dima's a door. Oh, okay. That's that's the one who fell on him. Yeah. Yeah, number 10. Dima's a door. Okay. I thought you were talking about their other player who was involved. No, 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 no. It's just, yeah, his first name is Dima. Um, just staring them, him down and then saying something to him. And again, Robbie didn't say anything back from what we could tell. Um, and he let the other, he let his teammates take over. Cause I mean, they came in charging to come and get Robbie off the floor. And you had, you had Rati in there telling, you know, sticking his nose in, of course, Trell. Well, we all know why, you know, cause Trell got one of the techs, um, so what happened was Trell got a tech and then two of the UT RGV players got a tech, which were, of course, uh, Dima and Justin Johnson. No, Darius Ward. Was oh, Darius Ward. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. There were three technical fouls total um, on UT RGV for the whole night. But yeah, Dima and Darius. Yeah. Flopping. Um, but right. I, you know what I'm going to say is I had to play it back because when – 
they came back and said that Trell was our player who got the tech. I was like, I didn't even see him in there. And when I watched it back, obviously I saw him in the back kind of like giving a little but I didn't see him because I was focusing on Rati coming up and yelling at the dude. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised. I mean, I don't blame him. I, it makes mm-hmm. me happy that he did come in, but mm-hmm. I was more focused. That was like in the front, in the foreground. So I, I thought yeah. Rati get the tech. That's what I thought too, because you're right. When I, when they first showed it, when I was in real time, I did not see Trell anywhere in there getting involved. Um, and then when they did play it back, I saw him in the back because I could see his braids and he yeah. was like kind of tussling and pushing a little bit behind some of the taller guys. And I was like, ah, there it is. Okay. Got it. Fair. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, Cause I was going to get so mad if they didn't at least double tech it. But if they gave it all on Robbie or all on Trell or all on Rati, I was going to come through that fucking TV. Yeah. Cause I'm literally watching, like literally watching the game with dad. And I'm like, if, if they at least at minimum don't give a double tech, like I'll be pissed. Like if they put it all on us saying that we instigated it and it was all, I was going to fuming, fuming. I'd have been fine with the double tech. I'm like, fair, cool, fine. Whatever. There was pushing, there was talking on both sides. Fine, fine, fine. But the fact that they didn't even call Robbie on anything, I was like, good because he didn't do anything. Yeah. Not one thing. The fact that he's always on the ground and he. <laughs> yeah. Robbie's always, I wrote down twice. I was like, Robbie's on the floor again. There he is again. Here he is. There he is again. And he's always on the ground. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, that was just a wild scenario. And the fact that it took them so long, I was like, my God, this game's never going to end. Um, it took forever. It did take for it just took forever. Shall we just get it over now and just bitch about the announcers now? Because I'm so over. I was so mad at them. Yeah. They could not pronounce anyone's name correctly to honestly save their lives. Like if it honestly was a life and death situation and they had to pronounce Day Day over DD. I'm like, what is this? Dexter's laboratory? Like DD, get out of my laboratory. That's what it made me think of too. Yeah, they they mispronounce like half of our players' names. Um, At no point or where or place does does Sedadrian Hall have a nickname written down that says DD. Yeah, I don't nowhere. know where from nowhere. Uh, and then ones that should have been that just sound exactly phonetically as how they're spelled, they couldn't get either. Like Bo Burn. Like yeah, Jaleels. Like you got the bow part correct, but then you're going to pronounce Brun Burn. Like you just transpose the letters. I don't understand. You literally um, flip the letters. I'm like, what are you doing? What What are you doing? Then they started calling Rati. They were calling him Rati Ward the whole game, and then towards the end of the game, they started calling him Rati Ward. I'm like, who the yeah. fuck is that? What are we doing? And they said Kajuice for the first like yes. fourth of the game, and then they said Kajul. Kajul. Uh, they did call Matt Hyman once, and I was like, e. <laughs> we did have a Hyman, but even when he was on the team, he really didn't play. So I don't know why you took a vowel out of his name, but anywho. Um, and then they would switch back and forth between how they pronounce Derek's last name. Mm-hmm. A couple of times they would say to Zeno, or they would say, uh, 
I'm trying to think. They said it like three different ways. I can't even remember. If they, Tezeno, Tenzano, Tezio. And then they said Tezano. And I'm like, that one makes no sense. I can get the other ones, but like you added an A in there. He's he's uh, Tezano. He's Italian now. However, you know what I will say is they did mess up their own players' names too because at the end they called Justin Johnson Johnston like a couple of times. See, this is why, like, I don't mind them having young guys or girls, students working on stuff, as long as they're inept and they're and they're skilled and they know what they're doing and 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 they're practiced and they're polished. But if you just throw any schmuck on there just to fill a fucking space, they better be the coolest dude or chick in the world and have great things to say. Because if they're over there mispronouncing stuff, can't even get their own players' names right, like, what are we doing? Like, this is amateur hour over here. Yeah, and you know what? Only one of them looked young, though, and I don't even know that he was the one who was saying the names wrong. I don't know. All I have to say is some of the the two corniest one-liners I've ever heard in my life during a broadcast. First corny one-liner. One of the announcers, don't know which one, said, you could say that Zador closed the door on that play. Yeah. That one was a dad joke. I... Almost shit my pants. I was like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, you were trying to be funny, and it fell flat. Good try. And then, when Trell came in for an attempted layup and a hook shot, he missed it, first of all. Second of all, why would you say this if he misses the fucking hook shot? They called him, they must call him Captain Hook. Oh, yeah, I heard that. And I was like, I'm confused about how that's even relevant right now. But he, if he would have made the hook shot, sure. But you act like Trell goes in and takes layups for days. Yeah, it's like the it's like the last shot that he takes, really. Literally. I'm like, that they must call him Captain Hook. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> I was like, what is this? What are we doing? If he would have made the hook shot, maybe, maybe throw that liner out. Yeah. He missed it. I just could not believe. I could not. I, yay, 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 yay. Couple other things. Uh, Let's talk about number one and his insane amount of free throws. Yeah, let's go ahead. Go ahead. Kid came up to the line one more time. I was about to lose my mind. And first of all, even their announcers said it felt like he had taken a hundred free throws that game. Number two, I think Matt and Shanzi's comments were spot on that he was like a human bowling ball. And here's what Mm -hmm. takes me so bad about that. Like, especially as a player, I've, I've played players like that before. That's not basketball. No it's basketball. It's literally just like trying to play to the referees and run down the floor as fast as you can and just run into somebody and hope that they didn't have position and you get a foul call. Like, yeah, 
You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of a, a real kind of unspoken position in hockey where you have guys called enforcers and they literally throw their asses onto the ice to just go and hit people. And that's what they do. You know what I mean? Like, but that's, that's hockey though. Like that's kind of like an unspoken, okay thing to do. That's not basketball. No. And it's just, it, it is some type of skill. I will give him that, but it's not, it's not basketball. Like that's not a basketball skill. You're literally just being as haphazard and chaotic as possible and hoping that you get a call. And, 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 and honestly, he could have really hurt someone with the amount of ridiculous plays and running into players that he did. I mean, he attempted 25, 25. So it said, they also said their announcer said that he's one of the nation's leaders in free throws taken, taken, taken. And I'm like, that's a stat that I would not be proud of. No. Um, And in addition to that, so he made 50 or 25. It's like 60 ish percent. If he would have shot his free throws any better, we could have lost this game. Mm -hmm. Just based on him simply running down the floor, but he can't even really make them that well. So it's like, if that's, if that's your game plan, shoot better than 60% from the line, man. Yeah, I know. And, and honestly, that's why I, I, I wasn't too concerned when he started fouling people and getting, I was like, cause man, he's missing a bunch, but then he started making them. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Here we go. I was like, the game is not that close, but it's close enough where I'm like, no, please don't. No, no more fouling. But at the same time, it wasn't like we were fouling him on purpose. He was causing the fouls, which it should have been him getting that, like the foul called on. But no, of course it wasn't. Totally. And that's what frustrates me so bad. My sinuses are all of a sudden going nuts. Anyone who's watching this, I'm not crying. Um, Hmm. that's what frustrates me so bad is that like as a referee if you have a player who's playing like that you all you literally have to do is call one offensive charge on him at the beginning of the game and then set the tone like you can't just bowling ball yourself down the down the court and just run Hmm. into everybody in your path like yeah they would have called one offensive foul on him he would have had to he would have had to back up off of that Mm-hmm. But since they played into it, that was his game plan. However, and they didn't take control early. They didn't take control of the game and stop that shit and put it, you know, nip it in the butt early. And again, if your if your game plan is going to be to get to the free throw line, make more than sixty percent, man. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. I just if that's what I was hanging my hat on, I would at least like practice my free throws. Uh, right, maybe. right, exactly. Four of thirteen from the field. He can't shoot. No. Can't make the free throws either. No, he was 0 of 5. Three-point line. I mean, he can't shoot worth a lick. No. Lick. I mean, they were taking threes out of fucking left field. They attempted 19 threes. And, I I mean, their three-point percentage was dog shit. I'm not saying that ours is always amazing, but I'm just sitting here like they – Yeah, it was not good. Um, The only person they had who could really shoot – threes was number 15 he made five oh wait no i'm sorry that's field goals not threes well he made two out of three he made two out of three and then will johnston uh mr Rattail, had two out of four so yeah i, I mean <laughs> the threes they attempted a ton of threes and couldn't 
really make a bunch at all. Uh, yeah, I know. So J Justin Johnson, you are just a, you're something, man. You're something. Mr. SpongeBob shorts and shoes. Um, no, you know what? This game, he wasn't wearing the SpongeBob shorts, but pretty sure he had the shoes on. He was wearing were like green. I couldn't tell what they were. Yeah, they weren't like a standard color again. Like there were some funky color yet again. Yeah. Um, Nigel, I got I got to piss on your parade for two seconds. I love you so much, but man, you missed the freaking layup three times, and then you got two thousand one minute. The two thousand one minute was rough. Yeah. 2001 minutes. Your commentators made, made sure to make a point of that. Of course they did. Well, of course they did. Of course they did. Um, coach for UT RTV should have got a tech, but he didn't. He was, ah, it was like, who was doing that the last time? Man, was he, was he the one that was yelling at the, when we, when they played us at home, he was yelling at the coaches or yelling at the refs. And you were saying, you told him like, man, if, if, the refs, or if uh, man, if, if uh, Keller ever yelled at the refs like that, we would have gotten a tech. Was think, that UTRGV? Or was that a different team? No, I think it was. Uh, I think it was GCU. Okay, okay, but man, he was hot on the sidelines, hot, 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 and I'm not ma not meaning attractive. He was warm on the sidelines during that whole like three tech fouls situation whenever they brought Keller in and, and him in to like discuss and tell them what they decided, he got pissed and Keller's like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, we'll take it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it was, uh, he, he should have been a tech for, for all the yelling he did, but I digress. Um, I still think number 10, even though he didn't want the smoke, I think he felt, I think he thought he wanted the smoke because yeah. He literally, there was multiple instances, not only the time where he fell on Robbie, but there was like another time later in the game where he also either took a charge or got fouled or something. And he stood up and started jawing. And I'm like, does he not, does, does he not get it? Like, yeah, he was like I have a few words, but I won't use any of them here. <laughs> um, I used them when I was watching the game, though. Right, yeah. I wrote them down. I'm not going to repeat them. Um, I forgot to mention this during the feats of strength. I'm so sorry. Nana, you had a full-ass body block. Yeah, you fouled the guy, but damn. When I was saying I love the aggressiveness down there in the paint, I love the hell out of that. I will take that foul every day of the week because you stuffed him. Stuffed him. So do that more. Um AJ, bad pass into the lane. A couple of those, not just by AJ, but there were um, a couple bad passes into the lane and bad passing on, like, uh... <sighs> yeah, there were, there were a couple that yeah, were not. I can't remember. Like, on fast breaks. Sorry. Fast breaks. Um, just yeah, getting, we, getting we a little ahead of ourselves. We had several errant passes on mm -hmm. fast breaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Mm, 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 mm. And then how many fouls did uh, Day Day have? Uh, let me go back. Uh, either four or he fouled out. Yeah, he had four. That, that was my thing, man. We had we had two guys that fouled out. We had Day Day with four. We had AJ with four. We had Nigel with four. Um, and then we had Rati with three. We just had too many guys in foul trouble or foul out. And 
And again, a lot of those came towards the end of the game and they were garbage fouls and it came from Justin. From yeah. and, and that's where I am just aggressively hot. There was a foul on, on Day Day for absolutely, I don't even know what. Like he wasn't even near the play to be, I, I don't even know what it was. I really don't. It happened so fast, but they called it on Day Day. And I'm like, for what? Literally for what? He did nothing. Um, <laughs> very frustrating. And then towards the end of the game, we got a we got a warning. Keller got a warning for not being in the coach's box. Oh, yeah. Well, we had to text Chauncey and ask her. I was like, what was the warning for? And she said, for the coach's box. Which, I mean, they needed a little yelling, sorry, because even, even their announcers, who were very biased, pointed out it was it was just very inconsistent with the foul calling from the first half to the second half because the first half, I don't think they got in the double bonus until like two minutes left. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, there were still like 11 minutes left mm-hmm. when they were in the double bonus. So mm-hmm. it's a huge discrepancy, like not even close. It was. And even Chauncey said, she goes, he was literally closer to the coach's box, like in it, than he was out of it. And my thing, here's my thing. They could call that warning or that foul at, I mean, at of the game to either coach. Most of the, most of these coaches at all levels don't stay in the freaking coach's box. So, I mean, it's so ticky tacky. Yeah. So ticky tacky. And it drives me nuts. And the fact is that the guy that called it came running from the other side of the baseline. It wasn't even the ref that was like, that should have called it who was right there by Keller. Yeah. And you'll know how I hate that. I hate when they call it that's not in their area. Not in their zone. Well, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. So that, that's, that was what, that was pretty much my last one. Especially Um, that call because. More especially, like if that call's not in your area, if he's if the coach is not bugging the referee whose area he's in, then right. like, then why call it? Kind of like emasculating your uh, your fellow referee by calling over him on a call that, like, if he didn't call it, it's not bothering him. I can see making a call that actually affects the play, but like that call only affects the referee. So if you're calling somebody else, it's like. He's a big boy. If it bothers him, he can call if he's standing right there. Exactly. No, that's spot on. That is a spot on analysis. I mean, that that just that boggled my mind. That's why when I, I texted Chauncey, because I'm literally sitting here like, why did Keller just get a warning? Like the ref that was right there didn't call it. I don't know what the warning was for. I'm like, was it a bench warning? And then when she said coach's box, I'm like, why? They could have called the same thing on the freaking coach for UTRGV. He was hot and bothered out of the box the whole game. So, I mean, come on. Home court advantage right there a little bit, I feel like. That was just oh, – that's, yeah. that's dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, give me a break. I know it was just a warning and it wasn't – you know, we didn't assess any sort of tech or a foul or anything, but still, like, yeah. you should have gave both teams a warning. Make it fair. Yeah. I have, I have two more referee ones, referee complaints. Uh, there was one where – Number 11, like, ran and jumped on the ball and literally rolled over and sat up and passed it. Yes. No, sat up and called a timeout. 
should have been a travel, mm -hmm. a huge travel. And then this one, even their announcers disagreed with it. Uh, towards the end, Jalil got like an amazing block that was 100% clean. And even mm -hmm. their announcers, when it showed the replay, they were like, yeah, it was a clean block. Um, last but not least, I feel bad for Matt because this is the second game that he's taken a shot to the to the family jewels. To the family jewels, yeah. And I'm like, this poor guy. Like, he's how, is it, how is it always him? I know. Yeah, I he needs to wear a jock strap and a cup or something because uh, it's, I don't it's know why, but I mean, after the second time, I think you got to take some preventative measures. <laughs> yeah. It's just getting a little, it's getting a little ridiculous and redundant. I mean, it's just for some reason, it's always him. And I, I literally was like, again, Matt mm -hmm. and Matt who gets hit, like, yeah, in me. I, I, yeah, <laughs> so bad. I felt bad for him. I know he was, he was wincing and I, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't blame him. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Jacqueline, what's your word to describe this game? Free throws. Yeah. Good word. Good word. Um, mine is, I'm going to just, I'm going to hyphenate it. Bounce back. It's a bounce back, baby. Hyphenated bounce back. Uh, first two games on the road were, you know, not ideal. And so we come back for the last road game of this stretch before we go back home and bounce back. Had a good game versus UTRGV um, at their homecoming. And, uh, you know, had some really great, really, really great moments in that game. So I'm really, really pleased with that performance. And uh, hopefully we carry that over into Wednesday's game and into the weekend because we got a lot coming up. We have a lot. We have a big week coming ahead. We do. We have a re really big week. Um, so let's talk about that really big week coming up here. So um, we're almost, it's so wild that we're almost to the end of the season, the regular season already. We have one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six games left. Um, Wednesday's game is going to be at 6.30 at home on ESPN Plus versus Tarleton State. Uh, always a big matchup when they come to town to their no one to just kind of, you know, rub our noses at and sniff at. Like they're always a good challenge and always a good team, uh, no matter where they're at in the standings or what their, you know, wins and losses are on the record. It's going to um, be a good. I'm pretty sure it's the first time we've played them at home because last season we only played them on the road. Right. Yeah. Last season was just on the road this season. It's finally playing them at home. Um we, this was the first time we've played them this year. So for some reason, we only have been playing them once a year, which is just weird, but I don't get it either. But uh, next season, I'm sure that's going to change because, you know, we're losing two two members of, of the WAC. Um, but yeah, so Tarleton State on Wednesday at 630. Um, and then February 18th, of course, on Saturday is the big Heckler Hayes reunion. Uh, big, big, big weekend. Coming up on the 18th, we're obviously playing a game. It's a 2 o'clock game, so it's an early game. That means early tailgate. Uh, UTA, so UT Arlington. Um, I I feel bad that, you know, they're going through a little bit of a change at the coach's position. So now they have an interim coach, and now they're, you know, having to finish out the season. And 
go into whack Vegas and, you know, just a little bit jumbled up towards the top, but at least it's someone who has been with the team. It's, you know, it was their assistant coach. And so not to be too crazy, but still, I, again, I always hate that when teams do that shit during a season, because it kind of, it just messes up the flow. It messes up the chain. of It, it just, it kind of throws everybody for a loop. So I do, I do feel a little bad for them about that portion, but of course, when tip off occurs, I'm classy till tip off, baby. Tip off happens and things get wild, um, especially at this game because it's the Heckler Hayes reunion. So we'll be getting a little bit more rowdy than what we normally do. So yeah. sorry in advance. Actually, no. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry one bit. Uh, this is the one game where we can live, relive our, our college days. And so um, without it being looked upon too unfavorably. So we're going to take advantage of it. Plus it's dollar beers. I, you might have to roll me out of William R. Johnson. Just saying. I bet the little uh, golf cart will come get us. You, they might have to. I'm just <laughs> saying they may have to. Uh, I may have to get a ride home with, with officer cupcake or something. He may have to put me in the back of his mule and drive me back home. Um, just no handcuffs, please. No handcuffs. Um <laughs> So yeah, then uh, so that weekend, like I said, this weekend, great game. If you're coming in for the UTA game on Saturday, please, please, please come tailgate with us um, over in the parking lot. I'm sure we'll be starting. I'm sure it all gets really like ramped up, probably like around 11 or 12. But I'm sure you know I've talked to Matt. I, I have a feeling that we'll probably get out there between 10, 11. I I, I don't know for sure exactly. I have to check on that because um, I know I need to go pick up the beer from the brewery and bring it over too. So yeah. Plus that's also our Mardi Gras party at the brewery. So literally it's going to be go tailgate, go to the game, leave the game, go to the Mardi Gras party. It's going to be a packed, jam packed day. It's going to be a jam packed day. And, and the Mardi Gras party is something you just don't miss at the brewery. That's all I'm saying. They got King Cake Cream Ale beer, which is delicious. Delicious. We're going to have beignets, gumbo. We're going to have crawfish pizza and doulet pizza. Going to have barbecue. Going to have White Farmhouse Bakery. Going to have live music from the Old Town Brass Band, who Jacqueline scheduled, and they're amazing. They're so good. It's a party. Can't miss it, honestly. So, anyway, that'll be post game. Um, so then we move on towards the rest of the season. Uh, next away game will be on February 22nd, playing Abilene Christian in Abilene. February 26th is our Sunday fun day on ESPN. You baby, this is a nationally televised game, people. Nationally televised. ESPN Plus, that's streaming. That's streaming online. This is on TV. T.V. Okay. This is big. We need people to come out to our tailgate on that day, starting around noonish, one o'clock, two o'clock ish, and then going till tip off, which tip off is at six on that Sunday, the 26th. Please come out. We need people to pack that place. We need the William R. Johnson sawmill to be a buzzing. A buzz, buzz, buzz. We really, we really do, really do. Um, especially if it's on national television. That's my big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the last home game of the year is on Wednesday, March 1st. I hate when we have to play Sam Houston on a weekday because I feel like that just, 
automatically just lessens our uh, attendance. Yeah, it just drives me nuts. But that's the Sam Houston game. That'll be the last game we play versus Sam Houston. Well, in the regular season, who knows what will happen in uh, Vegas. But, um, yeah, this could be the last one for a while. So take advantage of it. It'll be at home Wednesday, 630, March 1st. And then the last game of the season, we traveled to Orem, Utah, March 3rd. It's on a Friday. Random. Uh, I know. Playing Utah Valley, the best team in the league. What a way to end this. Right? Mm. So, yeah. A lot coming up. So many things happening in the next few weeks here. And then we move on to WAC Vegas. And Jacqueline and I have our flights. We have our hotels, plural. Uh, we have, we're ready. We have our, we have our media credentials. We are ready to go. We are ready. It's gonna be a long, long, long couple days. I, I say a couple. It's more like it's almost, it's almost seven days. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much a week. Yeah. Believe me, we will not be partying every night of those weeks or that week there no, there's no way no 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 there will be some nights where we literally go to dinner and probably go directly back to the room <laughs> yeah i think there will be some uh uh what's the what's the burger place called there that we went to last time oh uh in and out yeah i think there will be some in and out burger in bed nights yeah pretty much <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, we're staying at the Rio this year. Uh, last year we stayed at the link, which was on the strip this year. We're staying at Rio, which is like a block or two from the strip. Very not far away at all. Um, and so we're excited. New hotel. Um, it was one of the first hotels I ever visited when I went to Vegas for the first time as a, I don't even know what, what how old I was. I was like in junior high or something. Um, so I'm excited. I haven't been in it since. Um, it's kind of like, Carnival Rio de Janeiro type kind of feel to it. So that should be um, fun. But again, we're going to be right by the strip. So I'm sure we'll be on the strip multiple times. Um, I would love to know who else is going to Vegas. Uh, if you're going to Vegas, please let us know. Even if you're going for just a few days, please hit it up because we would love to hang out and go and do things. Um, our hotel has a couple really good restaurants and things to do. And of course, there's a lot of fun you know, free and low cost things to do on this trip too. So there's a few things we didn't do the first time we were there um, that I would like to do this time. And again, very much free or low cost. So, and we'll be there for enough days. <laughs> we'll have plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. So we're excited. We're ready. We're ready for our, for our little vacay, our yearly vacay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh man. All right. Well, what now? It's going to be wild, I'm sure. As always, as always. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Please remember to always uh, tip your waitresses. I'm just kidding. So make sure that you're following us on the social media, on all of our platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you could follow, obviously, our podcast pages, but also you could follow underneath our uh, names here, our personal pages. We like to, you know, tweet from time to time. Jacqueline, you know, 10% of the time. Alex, 90% of the time. That's not, not, that's, that's not even 10. It's probably more like five. Yeah, not yeah. often. 
not often, but it's okay. Um, yeah. Follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube, watch, listen, however you'd like to watch and listen to us. And also if you feel so inclined to donate to our travel budget, go buy some shirts, go buy some merch on our, on our bonfire store, get some game day shirts. I bet if you order it now, tonight, tomorrow, you could probably have it by the end of the season. Something oh, yeah. to wear. Yeah. Something to wear when you come to the game days at the end of this month. Um, support your local broke podcasters who have to spend money and go to Vegas every year. And it ain't free, baby. <laughs> it ain't free. No, it's not. No, it's not. For this gig. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So yeah, if you can, if you can please, uh, Donate to our to our budget by getting a couple game day shirts. We would be forever grateful for that. Um, and also some of that money goes to Purple Lights Fund too. So it doesn't all just go to our pockets. So um, yeah. And then uh, also if you're looking for a great gift idea for that special lumberjack in your life, maybe for Valentine's Day, maybe for upcoming birthday or uh, a wedding anniversary, perhaps perchance, uh, whatever the holiday is that you want to celebrate, or just because, maybe consider getting a My Plates. My Plates, it's an easy, fun way to support SFA Athletics. If you go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks, you can get also a $50 rebate. Choose between one-year, three-year, five-year plans. You can get an unpersonalized or a personalized plate. Lots of options for you on there. Highly recommend that you get a My Plate. Pimp your ride out with that purple passion, baby. Um, lots of peas there, alliteration. And uh, just, it's an easy, fun way to support your SF athletic teams. I mean, that's just the simplest way to describe it. Um, and then, of course, anytime you purchase a Purple Lights from Fredonia Brewery, either on tap or in a can at Fredonia Brewery itself or at any home athletic event, that there is a portion of that money that goes back to SF Athletics. So anytime you are drinking a Purple Lights, you're also supporting SFA too. So easy, true, simple. Love it. Drink some beer. Support your teams. That's it. We're done. Pack it up. Party's over. Turn the lights out. Turn the lights out. <laughs> Turn the lights out. The party is over. Wait, oh. On oh. that note, I got I gotta share uh dad's one little savage text during the game. Okay, let's hear it. This will be the ender. This will be the the clincher. Since it made me think of that. Okay, it was uh, when we were going into halftime. I don't even remember what we did, but we used up the whole shot clock and didn't get a shot at all. Oh, yeah, okay. And he said, great. As soon as it happened, I said out loud, let me see what Richard has to say about this. And I was just about to text him, and he texts and says, great last possession. It is true. We had multiple shot clock violations, which we didn't mention in the grievances, but I had it listed. I just didn't even get there. I had too many other ones, but it was yeah, just right. literally was about to be like, let me ask him what he has to say about that last possession. And then he's like, great last possession. He is so savage. He doesn't even know that he's savage. And he's doesn't even know it doesn't wow. completely oblivious. Oh God. I love it. All right, guys, we love you. We thank you for your support as always. Axum Jacks.
with Alex and Jax. 